Hey everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. Welcome to the Extra Mile, the tag-along podcast to the Xbox Drive, where we dive deeper into the games and services you care about the most. This time, I interview Charles McGregor from Tribe Games to discuss his upcoming action arcade dodge-all-the-shapes ID at Xbox game, Hyperdot. And just a quick note, all of the music you're about to hear is actually from the game. I hope you enjoy this chat, so let's just jump on in to the Extra Mile. I'm I'm really excited about this game, Charles, and I've been excited since like the moment that I saw it at E3. Like it's one of those, and I got to see a lot of games at E3. Like a lot was happening. It's just like sensory overload, and oh, yeah. I, I'll never forget it because uh, Luke and I, co-host of the um, the Xbox Drive, we were sitting there, look, we we're waiting in line um, to play another big game with a giant lineup, and we look over at this huge TV screen with this these the big circle and the little dots and a big crowd <laughs> over this 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 game hyperdot and we're like why don't we just go like check that out because it looks like people are having some fun with that couch co-op game and <laughs> i was just i had a great time i had a great time meeting you at e3 and so i thought i would um kind of do a pulp fiction thing here where i start there but i'll go back that's kind of like <laughs> sure. that's where that's where we connected but we'll, we'll go we'll right, do a little yeah. background a little bit if that's okay with you and i sure. i wanted to know a little bit more about like you as a developer, I've this is the first game I've known you um, to develop or be a part of. But there's no way this is your first game. Oh yeah. Um, so I actually been like making games since uh, since I I typically say since I was 11. Yeah. Uh, uh, wow. Some uh, I always am like, uh, was it like was I eight or 11? I don't remember. It's now been wow. a little foggy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been just interested in game development since then, uh, yeah. and uh, I didn't really start making games like fully realized games until maybe five years ago right uh where i made my first game that i released on the app store uh and uh the google play and the windows phone store mm. back in the day <laughs> um uh called glitch in the system and it was okay. sort of similar to hyperdot where it was a very geometry wars inspired so mm-hmm. played as a uh a guy running around trying to uh, shoot at enemies and stuff. It was really small, uh, but I really wanted to, like, actually finish a game. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that, ever since I did that, because, you know, I've for, like, the last five or ten, seven, or I guess seven years before that, I've been like, oh, I've been trying to make games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second that I finished that was when, like, momentum carried me to, like, oh, so this is how it's like to or these are kind of the things that i had to deal with when making uh games and stuff and these are the problems that i have to deal with of course and then i was like oh yeah okay and then i started making project after project and uh uh getting more opportunities because like glitch in the system is actually out there and you can be i could be like point at it nice uh, uh so yeah like one caveat now you can't actually play glitch in the system only uh you can only play it on uh windows store because that's the only last surviving link that works <laughs> how fast things change in the digital era isn't it? <laughs> yeah it's crazy man so what did like was that something that you were doing kind of like part-time while you're doing something else were you working or something you're kind of like making games off the side of your desk kind of thing uh yeah, so I've been making or I was really making games when I was a student. Yeah. Um. So in my free time, whenever I had free time, I would work on games. Or if the the uh 
homework assignment was loose enough to uh, <laughs> allow for me to have some type of video game thing yeah. involved, I would totally take it. I love um, it. In fact, that's how HyperDot started. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Like as uh, a student actually, project? Yeah, it started out in a course that had nothing to do with video games. Amazing. Um, it was uh, science, technology, and society. Close but, enough. Like, de-emphasis on technology mm-hmm. but there, it doesn't really matter because it has it in the name Heck yes. um, uh, and the original topic was anti-piracy techniques in video games so the game originally was called anti-piracy uh, I basically was like okay uh, they were, uh, I, the, the game originally still looked like how it is um, to a degree yeah. where the dot was the game you had and then the enemies were the pirates mm-hmm. and uh you needed to avoid them i was reaching i really i knew I love that you're attaching story and realism to it and you realize like that's not necessary they're just shapes yeah they're they- just shapes they're really just shapes i just wanted to make a game well the but- shapes kind of have personality to them as well like there's kind of like the pac-man thing where like the different colors they activate in different ways and you have to avoid them like the stars are like honestly charles like the stars are kicking my butt man like, everything <laughs> else like the, oh, <laughs> the, the squares are alright but the stars are like they're chasing after me the triangles I've got figured out but then those right. stars come in man and oh gosh it's so it's so <laughs> crazy when did gaming or when did developing kind of like is it self sustaining at, at a certain point or is it still to this is this like your full time gig or are you still um, kind of doing part time still doing other things at the same time so now uh, I'm super fortunate where I, this is now my full-time gig. Good for you. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm so yeah. happy for you. Yeah, like this is, it's been uh, like an amazing last year. No kidding. Um, uh, where uh, basically I signed up or I signed up with Xbox uh, in the, like the end of 2018. Yeah. And then until 2020, it's just been a wild ride of uh, going to conventions, doing mm-hmm. things that my eight-year-old self would have been like what no you're not gonna do no right that doesn't make any sense like yeah none even? of that sense. it's it's just yeah it's just mind-blowing your energy at e3 was really just that it's just like i can't believe people are playing my game and you're just like you're and i think i had a similar energy because i had never been to e3 before that oh, yeah. either so we're both just like this is amazing and how are we <laughs> how are we even here yeah. Talk to me about the the press circuit. I was going to leave this to later, but now that we're on it, like, w- oh, sure. talk to me a little bit about 2019 and that that circuit that you've been on now, leading up to the launch coming up already, like next week. Um, yeah. We were at a couple paxes, a couple conventions. Like, what was that like? Yeah. So uh, I guess it started like last year started at GDC. That was when okay. we announced that uh, we had a Microsoft time exclusive uh, uh, partnership with them. Okay. Um, and it was. The f- this was the first time that I ever shown a game outside of like a local convention, right? Um, and I was super nervous. Like, I was bugging out. I was mm-hmm. I was freaking out because uh, I was just worried. Like, oh no, what if Hyperdot is not all that good? Or uh, and like you know, being all self conscious and, and things like. Because like, how much have you shown at that point? Like, what do you what do you have to show to in order to get that type of deal? Um, it, or this was more reaching out to Microsoft. Uh, right. We actually were able to. Uh, talk to the head of ID at Xbox. Uh, they, they were doing a talk um, at PAX West the year before, in 2018. Yeah. Um, and we were able to uh, talk with them. Uh, Chris uh, Charla, Chris who Charla. was uh, amazing. No kidding. And, uh, yeah, it's like a wonderful person to, to talk with mm-hmm. and was super, like, 
super down to earth and it was it was a great conversation and such. Yeah. Um, but they kind of picked your game out of obviously there there must have been thousands of other games that they could like kind of sign and, and really partner with but they really elevated you on a in, in a very special way which has been great to see oh yeah i i mean again we've just been uh, super fortunate to uh, have like this wonderful partnership with xbox and and stuff and being able to uh collaborate and again them helping us get to uh gdc we were there with uh, uh microsoft with uh gdc and and doing a whole press uh, thing this was the first time i was showing directly to press it was like mm-hmm. this is the the pure reason why uh, i'm here right and again i was terrified no uh, kidding well it's a, it's a dichotomy of like you must be you must be given a certain sense of confidence in that like you've been chosen in this way and and there's that confidence in the game but also like expectations are high and everything else like that yeah. but um hopefully the positives are outweighing kind of the um the, the stressors for sure but oh, as yeah. you've seen people play the game like what are some of the reactions that you're getting early on from people playing hyperdot uh people seem to really like it um yeah. especially if you really like the the genre of game um people from like all uh backgrounds are really like latching onto it and um, how how would you describe the game to people who haven't like seen it just yet and oh, sure. um, i'm, I'm going to be streaming it pretty pretty quickly here and i can't wait to uh i've, <laughs> I've got a nice i've been very fortunate to get an early copy of the game and i can't wait to talk to people more about it but yeah like for people who for the uninitiated like what is hyperdot and how do you describe it to them Sure. Uh, so Hyperdot is an action arcade game where you dodge everything. Um, yeah. So you play as a dot and there's a bunch of shapes that come in uh, around the arena and you uh, are trying to uh, last the longest uh, or last like a certain amount of seconds, uh, collect certain tokens and things and things like that. There's mm-hmm. tons of different modifiers which uh, change the way the game's played. Um, so you can have a dark arena where you can't see everything around you. You can be twice as big, twice as uh, uh, slow. Um, tons of different varieties and then on top of all of that you can also make your own levels which is um, crazy is it okay so the level <laughs> editor i want I, i've made a few um mostly just to get the achievements to be honest with you i'm terrible, oh, it's all I'm good. terrible all good. at level editing <laughs> and creating levels but there are special people out there who are great at it is this like a similar tool that you use to actually make and build the game because it seems like you can do everything i've seen in the game through the campaign and through like the free play levels it seems like i could could have made any of those with the actual level editor that comes with the game Oh, yes, 100%. I wanted to make sure that uh, anything that I can make, you can make. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I totally, in some way, shape, or form, the uh, that level editor was what I used. That's uh, so good. Uh, because, you know, of course, back in the day, it didn't look like it did before. It was just me moving knobs and things and stuff. <laughs> like, uh, wait, hold on. Let me test this real quick. Right. Um, uh, but, yeah, now <laughs> it's actually in-game, and you can. there's more bells and whistles in it. I've just got um, this great picture of you with like this mad scientist in the back of your lab with all your knobs <laughs> and whatever and smoke popping out. And you're like, oh, I broke it. Like, oh, no. Oh, okay, start <laughs> over again. That's that's game development to a non-game developer. Just like that. It's such a mystery to all of us. We have no idea what the heck you guys are up to. But, uh, oh, that's so great. Well, for me, like I, I, I played... Uh, one level where everything was bright and I, you kind of get the, the sense of like, okay, I'm just supposed to dodge these shapes. And then we played a couple levels and then you're, and then we went to the dark mode. And that's really when it clicked for me. It was like, oh snap, the lighting on this, like where everything was pretty much like a flat straight down. As soon as the lighting goes on, there's it's it's a three dimensional view of this thing, and the colors and everything is absolutely gorgeous. And oh, like the, uh, the where did the art style, I guess, come from? Is it is it just you making this game art, music, 
yeah, coding, so yeah, everything? doing all the art, music, programming, uh, design, and, and such, uh, and stuff like that. Um, Amazing. So uh, a lot of the actually one of the, I had two main pillars uh, going into making the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was minimalism. And the yeah. other one was flexibility in terms of like uh, that's where modifiers came in. I was like, oh yeah, you can change however you want uh, to play the game and stuff like that. Aren't those um, two like opposite things? How the heck are you supposed to do <laughs> the least amount of things but be able to do all of the things? All the things, yeah. yeah. It was, it's definitely uh, an interesting balance to try and uh, get it so that I'm able to communicate all of this information, but like all You're I have not is saying like, anything. Yeah, I'm not saying anything. It's just a dot. That's right. really what I'm uh, showcasing. But uh, one of my goals was to be that if you took a screenshot of or of any level in Hyperdot, you would be able to instantly tell, oh, okay, so dark mode's on, you're twice as big, you have to collect right. things, and you have to, like, you would be able to tell without any context of what that level uh, was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, and so it was like a real challenge to try and have it so that uh, the design of that really, like, worked in... I guess yeah, it worked and it was like easily digestible, right? Uh, especially trying to do stuff with the dot itself because it's just a circle. When you created, <laughs> um, I haven't even seen all the levels. I imagine there's are there over a hundred levels in the campaign, yes, or or one hundred levels. Uh, there are over a hundred levels because I've seen the the achievement for over to to get to a hundred levels and like it's just it's it's incredible. I'm curious to know a little bit more about like some of your favorite modes and I have to I'll, I'll start with this. It must be inspired by um, you're you're located in in uh, Minnesota and I'm in Canada where we've experienced extreme cold and snow and everything. Uh, I don't normally like ice levels, but your ice levels are great. Oh, I really, awesome. I really appreciated the ice levels are just slipping and sliding around. It, it causes this really interesting um, challenge to uh, to to hyperdot. I'm curious from your perspective as somebody who makes a game, but also you have to play it as well. Like, what are some of your favorite modes that you like? Oof. It's like uh, a children kind of thing. I know you made yes. them birth them all, and you have to pick them. Yes, pick I a have to. I have to pick my favorite. Well, okay, the obvious easiest one. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, probably my favorite mode to show off is dark mode. Yeah. Um, that one, it's it is a lot. Uh, the one that people like click is like, oh, I understand yeah. how like these are what modifiers do and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, dark mode is always just a lot of fun, and you can always or it's really fun to make uh, interesting levels based on the fact that it's dark um there's some later levels uh in the game where it gets really interesting with uh dark mode mm-hmm. yeah really uh-huh. really challenging you think you've got it all figured <laughs> out and then yeah you throw a couple modifiers in and oh, the yeah. scaling from like the first the intro it always reminds me of um super mario brothers where like the first 30 seconds of the fir- of 1-1 is like it teaches you how to jump it teaches you what to dodge it teaches you all those things and it's a very similar i think type of approach to this game where you understand okay those squares are going to go in a straight line the triangles are going to kind of follow me around the stars are pretty um they seem kind of spontaneous and erratic but like they're definitely going to come and get you and then dark mm-hmm. mode kind of just turns it all on its head which is so impressive oh thanks um, so much yeah talk to me about uh we're, we're approaching the the launch of the game Yes. How, how are the nerves man how you doing <laughs> how are you uh i'm nervous uh it's yeah so like it's like a combination of like excitement and nervousness yeah uh, and like 
for the longest time I've been like listening to podcasts and whatnot and hearing um, first time developers talking about when they release their game or even mm-hmm. just long time developers and veterans of the industry releasing their games and they're like oh yeah it's a combination of nerves and excitement uh, you're hoping everything uh, aligns and comes together yeah. and I totally now understand what that means <laughs> makes sense yeah <laughs> um, uh, yeah I'm just like I'm so excited to see uh how people uh, react to the game and uh, I, I'm super excited to watch like live streams and, and things like that just to see how other people will react to the game and things mm-hmm. um, and then uh, yeah I'm just excited to be able to like fulfill childhood dreams of being no like kidding. oh yeah I'm releasing a game on the Xbox and it's like what? That was a thing that my dad got or like my dad purchased back in 2004 one 2002 back mm-hmm. on the original x so i was like oh my goodness what, what is this splinter cell what, right <laughs> uh, <laughs> it looks amazing and then yeah now i'm on that that uh platform where you know splinter cell and uh, ghost recon and all these other games are that are again like games that are uh games that are things that i've known for but have always seemed so far away and that was like really the culmination of that in physical form was e3 right where, um at e3 i was it was uh hybridot and then like literally right next to it was ghost, ghost recon, recon. yeah like, that doesn't make this huh yeah uh, so yeah it was just it was a it was an amazing uh experience and yeah i'm super super excited about what's gonna what's gonna happen oh, i'm, I'm also worried about like things breaking <laughs> of course well that's yeah. what my next question is gonna be are you still working on it like you the game is ready I assume like it's it's done so to speak but do you still work on it oh oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah i am totally still working on it yeah um uh, i've uh so recently i've been doing a lot of quality of life things yeah. uh things that i've said that like two months into development i'd say oh yeah i'll totally get to this eventually and then i never got to it and then now i'm like oh i should probably get to these things because it would really help the game out Mm -hmm. um so i've been trying to get a whole bunch of like quality of life things like making the the level editor more easy uh to use and such Mm -hmm. um and things like that and i'm hoping to get this uh all this stuff in before the the release to make sure everything's all super polished and things um but uh but yeah also that's a little nerve-wracking because i'm making some changes right before release and i'm like oh, i don't want to break it things. won't break anything yeah it'll be perfectly oh. fine yeah <laughs> and in podcasting we often talk about like let's just change all of our sin. let's do a windows update and then record a podcast like yeah. it probably won't break anything of course. Uh-huh. um i remember talking to you at e3 and the game played so well and i remember i, I was like i just need to get my hands on this thing i want to play it i can't wait for it to come out when is it coming out and you're like probably 2020 sometime and i remember just being like not mad at you how could i be mad at you but like i was so like i just wanted now and i was i was confused because the game was so it played so well i'm like just just give me this like i'll buy this so <laughs> like what have you been up to ever since then like what was your sort of like development and the things that you've added in and been working on since sure. e3 to now yeah um so since e3 um i've been like working on uh finishing and like doing balance adjustments on like the campaign and stuff gotcha. um, but uh a lot of the focus uh recently has been on uh, accessibility um and yeah. being able to have it so that a wide variety of uh, players can actually play the game mm-hmm. um so uh, that was one of the 
actually that was one of the main reasons uh, why we were able to be showcased at E3, which was uh, we were wow. also showing the Microsoft Adaptive Controller with it. Right. Um, and yeah, so we had like a, a an amazing setup where we had the Adaptive Controller and then like uh, two other ways to play using a traditional controller mm-hmm. um, or using a 3D the 3D rudder foot controller where you can put, you sit down and then you like tilt left and right. Um, using just your feet and it was just um, because the way that Hyperdot is that again the minimalism part Mm -hmm. um, where all I I just wanted movement to be the only thing that you had to deal with no buttons no anything else Um, it really lent itself well to be able to have uh, so many people be able to play uh, the game uh, and and things like that and being able to uh, reach out to other um, uh, c- people in the accessibility community um, uh, with through like streams and such and then learning from them getting their feedback uh, and things like that being able to then put that into uh, hyperdot and make it make it easier for them uh, or me- easier for everyone really to be able to play that's the it's amazing really, part about yeah. the accessibility is that yeah like it seems to be catered for one audience but of course it makes it a better experience for so many people and yeah. the way that you kind of like broke that out was um i ha- i was gonna i was gonna talk a little bit about how it's a very a very twitch based and very nuanced like you need to be very careful about where you're moving your dot to so like when you jump to accessibility i think about like that seems like an incredible challenge because the the fine motor skills required here seem like higher than most games but of course Mm -hmm. you're only worried about movement it's not movement plus shooting or movement plus anything else it is you're really just dodging here so that maybe that is the on-ramp to the accessibility but where where did that come into like the development plan it sounds like that was part of like the dna the core of of your approach i'm I'm curious as to like where does that come from other than just being a good thing to do Sure. So actually, that was not at all a part of the DNA uh, when I originally was making it. Again, I originally made it for a class. Of course. Uh, <laughs> I just mean, I, like, that sounds like Microsoft sure. was leaning into that a little bit. So it seemed like no, it yeah, was part definitely. of the plan. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so I kind of stumbled into it where uh, uh, it was at GDC. Um, one of my friends won a Toby eye tracker. Uh, and that is a like a device that you can put on the bottom of your uh, monitor and then mm-hmm. it will track where your eyes are. Uh, and then you can use that to do a various different things. So you can use that for like, so- like navigating your windows computer and stuff like that. Right. Um, but there are also some games that support it. Uh, uh, my favorite example of it is uh, deus ex mankind divided. Yeah. Uh, you can have it so that it's tracking your eyes. So if you look at towards the right side of the, the screen, the camera will tilt over to see, like, make it so that you can see what's going on on the right side of the screen and stuff. Really? Um, yeah. So, like, you, uh, there's a lot of like a uh, uh, lot of secondary kind of features that will, will enhance the gameplay and stuff like that. There are a couple of games that are, like what cool a perfect games. fit for that game too, with like like the augmentation and everything over there. Oh yeah, it makes perfect uh, sense. Yeah. So like. Uh, they had won this Toby eye tracker uh, at GDC, and then um, we were joking around like, "Oh, well, that would be funny if you added in uh, eye tracking support." And then after you know, we laughed and talked about. It, I was like, "Oh, what, what if I actually did that?" <laughs> so, so, uh, and then a credit to how like Toby uh, has it, it or makes it so that it's really easy to like implement. Yeah. Um, three hours later, I had. Toby eye tracking in Hyperdot. Um, no way. 
And then, like, yeah, it was just a super novel, like, experience where I was like, oh, my goodness, what the heck? This is weird. Because it's mm -hmm. the opposite of what you typically do in Hyperdot. Because right. in Hyperdot, when you're using, like, a traditional uh, controller, you're looking at an enemy, you're like, okay, there's a star. I don't want to be next to that thing. Mm -hmm. But when you're in, you're in you're using eye tracking, you're like, okay, there's a star. And then you ran into it because you looked at the star. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you're totally trying to use your peripheral vision and you're looking at, like, negative space. You're looking at all the gaps and you don't want to run into the things that are uh, uh, scary. And, right. And well, oddly enough, that actually is sort of a strategy I've stumbled upon just playing the game where I'm like, I felt overwhelmed. I'm like, just look for the empty space and go there. And that seems yes. to be that seems to be working out for me. I'm like, all right, I've survived for 45 seconds. I got my achievement over there. there you and go. it was through like that. It was as you're describing, like that's that's what I want to do. I don't want to I don't want to look at the thing I want to avoid. It's actually like what you're supposed to do in driving, apparently. Apparently, if you're oh. like going off course, you, you go to like where you want to go. You don't like stare at the thing you're crashing into. Uh, <laughs> apparently. I saw it for Oh sure, so no, it's all yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, the last couple questions I have, um, you're working with ID at Xbox, which I think we've talked about a little bit, but I wanted to, to ask you, if I can, about Game Pass. This game is not coming out into Game Pass, and I was wondering if that was um, a decision or a conversation that you have, or if that's something that you can discuss uh, with me tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, th that is something I'd love to be a part of. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not necessarily a, de a decision of like, oh, yeah, we don't need Game Pass. Right. Um, it was more, uh, it's just like, yeah, we would love to like uh, get on Game Pass and, and talk with Microsoft to uh, work out a thing. Because, yeah, Game Pass um, like is really, it's just like, it's awesome that you're able to have this library and catalog of games that uh sometimes you wouldn't even uh you wouldn't give a second uh glance at because mm -hmm. um it's like oh this is in a genre i don't really care for it. but because it's on game pass and you have access access to these things um you can try out these things i know um a similar thing happened with uh, uh playstation plus and rocket league uh, right. when that first came out and it was it was a free game it was like oh okay sure but that like helped catapult it to what it is today kind of um, has made like every game perhaps want to launch into a service perhaps like that like it it's interesting to me because there's a lot of conversations that happen around game pass of like whether or not it's good or bad for games and it, it's interesting it sounds like it's become this thing that like a, a game or developer or publisher would strive for like that you'd actually want to really get it onto game pass but so this game will launch on um next week is december uh, sorry december january 31st this yes. game launches into uh onto onto xbox one um there's an exclusivity somewhere yes. around there as well yes so yeah we have a timed exclusive um and it's gonna come out on xbox one and windows 10 so if you get it on one uh you get it on a, a play oh, anywhere no way uh, oh that's awesome i should yeah. probably play it on my pc here uh, <laughs> at some point is there anything uh, any final thoughts that you have do you want to let people know about about the game or the release or anything like that that you want to have any closing thoughts about hyperdot and just as we approach launch here Sure. Uh, I mean, I'm just uh, super excited to have people playing, and I'm yeah, really excited to hear uh, people's thoughts and opinions. So uh, definitely shoot me any uh, tweets. Uh, I'm at Tribe Games or at Darkays TG. Um, and yeah, I'd love to have conversations and such. That's great, man. Well, thanks again for carving out time tonight to chat about Hyperdot. I can't wait for other people to play. This is coming out uh, prior to the embargo, so I don't want to get myself in too much trouble, but I'm just excited <laughs> to see uh, what other people think about it. I'll say that much. Oh, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I, I'm sure that if I was going to be in trouble, I'd be in trouble right about now. Oh, it's all good. <laughs>